Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, we've got some great questions for our last Q&A for 2021. The first one is from Helen. It's all about eyes. She says that when she's walking with her gelding, so on foot, and you worked with him in Victoria earlier this month, he's basically following behind her, but on one particular eye. So if she tries to swap eyes, he'll try and put her on the eye that he prefers. This happens at Liberty or on the lead. She asks, should she be a little bit more insistent that he stays on the side that she asked for? Or is it one of those things where it just comes down to micromanaging and as long as he's happy and they're both safe, does it really matter? Um, yeah, Helen, that's a very common you know, thing that, that horses will want to put us on one eye. You know, there's some reasons for this, like in a, a, you know, in, in, on a sort of a more sort of... Some horses want to put you on one side so they can keep their more focus eye available to check out other things or, you know, it could be a safety thing or things like that. Um, other horses are still quite wary with us down one side. So either way, it has to be addressed. So the reason it has to be addressed, I think, is because it comes up everywhere. Like where it comes up is when the horse is on a tight circle and it loses us with one eye when we're riding it. It gets like they get tighter and nervous and get out of balance on their, on their turns and things like that. Um, so I think as much as we can, we want to help balance the horse um there you can get away with it and keep yourself safe in a lot of instances and let the horse just feel comfortable by leading with you on one eye um then it keeps the imbalance in there and for some horses depending if it's a it's a frightening thing for them to have you down one side if, for those types of horses i mean you have to fix it because it becomes a bit of a danger um yeah yours could be one or the other so i i think maybe he might be keeping one of his stronger eyes to the outside so keeping you on one eye so he can look look at things with that other eye uh and it and it and it sort of allows them to feel that they can sort of still zone out a little or you know if they need to look at things around and 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 and, and understand their environment um because their stronger focus eyes maybe his left eye then that could be the reason um but to address it um basically uh, if, if you see a lot of the leading lessons I do, even the ones when I'm preparing young horses to lunge, you sort of can always go back with the older horses with that. So, so basically that's just walking backwards, walking backwards so you can recognise how your horse is feeling about every, every moment. And basically I just sort of walk a horse sort of out off my arm and then I bring him a bit further, a bit further. And when I feel brace or a bit of, bit of sort of the horse wanting to change or not comfortable there, I'll hold at that point and just keep walking, sometimes going backwards and forwards and things like that, until the horse sort of relaxes and starts to go, yeah, I feel pretty good, I'm moving softly here. And then you might swap eyes, so you deliberately swap eyes. So let the horse kind of relax a little, then you say, now I'm going to put you on the other side. So for some horses, you might expose them on the eye that they don't want to look at you at for a little bit until they sort of relax into your hand a little. And then you say, now I'm going to swap you to the other side. So you say, now I'm going to let you swap over. And you keep repeating this over and over. And when you're leading, so you've turned that around to you walking away. You gently just lead the horse out to the side and you push them across to the side and maybe stop back up a little, forward a little, get them to sort of follow the feel and soften in your hand. And when they soften in their eye and they feel like they're pretty good there, 
then you might swap to the other side and do that side until you can just let them out and when they've softened uh, on both sides say maybe with their eye just beside your shoulder or something like that then and they're feeling comfortable there then you just drop the, root, the, the, the rope out a little longer and just let them float there with your arms still out so they know to feel the ropes going that direction but that it's kind of got a droop in it that they're just following that droop of the rope and um, and and I would just create be creative in the sense that um, I'm going to go this way I'd like you to swap over and lead off to that side and then I might swap you over and lead off to that side and be yeah but just just sort of break it up and make it like it's a bit of a feel that they're following uh, instead of them just sort of getting to a point that they've had enough on that side and they just trickle over to this side and then you've got to correct it so don't don't sort of get in the habit of correcting it as such just um, be proactive and say, hey, why don't you follow this and why don't you follow that? But like I said, you start off just working out if you see a hardness or a nervousness in your horse with that leading lesson where you're walking backwards first and you're just bringing them to their threshold um, where they feel a little uncomfortable and a little bracy and you, and you kind of keep them there a little until they go, oh, I'm, I'm pretty soft here now, I'm okay with this. And then you don't bring them any further, you just, just uh, let, let them off and say thanks for that and then you bring them a little further or swap sides and, and do it both sides. But the reason you need it fixed is because there's times you've got to go up a tight, like past a, past a water tank that could be frightening your horse. And it's important that they can go off to one side and you can be on the scary side of things. And, and, and you know, when you go through gateways, you've often got to put them on one side or the other. And you don't want them in a bit of a mental bind between a rock and a hard place, thinking they've got to push through you to get onto their other side or anything like that. So, so your bubble, if your bubble's established and they're comfortable on leading both sides, it's just safe for everyone. Also, when you're loading in a horse float or something like that, sometimes you've got to lead a horse. You know, sometimes if, if someone's giving a lift home and their horse travels on that side, you've got to put your horse up the other side. Then, then that's really important times that they need to learn how to softly lead past on one eye and be comfortable on one eye or the other. So, so all in all, I think it's safer to get him balanced than just sort of, you know, oh, well, he's okay, we'll, we'll just leave it because it... it it comes out in the riding as well, so that's why why I think it's really important on the ground to get it right. But yeah, yeah just work on all that, and and, and I'm sure you'll, you'll make a change. Most most cases, um, just just um, graded exposure of one eye down the side in those leading lessons has is, is, is helped horses a lot. So Nigel has been working a Spanish mare. She came up um, a few weeks ago. We did um, a question um, and answer for her, and she's been working on changing the eyes a lot. Yeah, with different things on the ground and she's doing really well and the mare's done lots of steering and changing the eye has become much smoother and better and she's less alert so that's really good but Nigel's found a new hole she's concerned about or the mare is concerned about noise from the rider so the sleeves of the coat rubbing against the coat it's remember it's winter over in Europe and, and America and it's rustling so she stops and tightens and she starts to hop so Nigel has says that she solved this by tightening the right rein and asking for a bend. She managed to walk a straight line with her rustling, but they haven't reached the point where she's comfortable with it. Have you got any ideas how to go forward? The challenge is that she can't rub her sleeve and steer at the same time. <laughs> yeah, they are rustly jackets. I remember one day with a friend we were riding, it was a sensitive horse that I'd started, and, and I, I'd always rode in an all-skin coat, and... Uh, you know, these fancy rustly jackets weren't something that I, I had many of and, and, and the girl that was riding behind me had a rustly jacket and the horse was starting to really hunch his tail when she started to trot and I went, oh, he doesn't usually do that. And then I realised as she was trotting there was a zippy sound in her arms and that zippy sound was enough to, to trigger that sort of 
uh, you know, um, clamp down the tail and sort of shoot forward response in him. And so, so yeah, the zippy jackets are, are kind of like make an interesting noise um, that, that certainly can can worry a horse. So, so you can do a fair bit of work on the ground in your zippy jacket. And and um, so, so everything I do is is about uh, finding a horse. Um, finding where the hulls are by you know basically doing something you see how they feel about it and then you to help them out you're not sort of you know smothering them with a the zippy sound until they just go oh, I'm going to stop you actually give them a pathway so what you're doing in the reins is good trying to steer your horse into a bend and say well why don't you follow this instead but you've got to continue till the horse softens a little so maybe practice on the ground down one side have your zippy jacket on because by the sounds of it over there you'll need it anyway so um have you have your zippy noisy jacket on and and just 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 have your horse leading in in your hand off to the side a little and just start to zip zip the spare arm and the horse will get a little spooky because you're going to have your horse a little to the side anyway so you're not going to be right in front of two eyes because that you're not going to ride the horse there and some horses will always want to put two eyes on what they're scared of but when that object is down past their sides that's when they become more scary so there's not a great benefit, maybe there's a little benefit to start with just to, 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 to expose the horse to the little bit of the zippy sound. But the, the biggest benefit is going to be having your horse just a little past you with its eye on both sides. Um, so this is first lesson is going to have you on one side. And it's just a leading lesson just like I explained to Helen about getting, getting a horse softer uh, on, on each eye so it's not trying to swap eyes. Is you just have your horse leading with its eye just past your shoulder and you just start to zip your jacket a little. And as, as the... As the um, as you feel a brace and a pull on your horse when it's going, oh, what's that sound? You'll start to step away, like sideways away from your horse and, 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 and put a feel on the rope and say, come with me, come with me and just, just keep a steady zip zip with your arm. And when, when, when you feel the horse starting to follow the feel of you and follow the feel of the rein in your hand, like maybe with the lead rope that you're leading them with, then, then you might just start to sort of, uh, and they soften it, then you just soften the zip of your arm and then just ask them to stop and when they stop you just basically stop the noise of the, the your you know swishing your arm or whatever to make that zippy sound and the horse stops so you basically said when the horse tightened up it follows a feel and you continue with that feel into softness and then you take the zippy sound away so um and you continue that but the horse is also kind of following the feel of that side where the zip's coming from so Whenever a horse thinks it's moved away, so if it's doing a crab walk, as in its hindquarters moving across, um, crabbing away from, from you, then that's the horse still thinking it's evading that sound. So if you see the hindquarter crabbing away when you're doing it on the ground, then just ask for forward movement, um, or even go backward to forward to stop that and get a, get a forward movement towards you. You kind of want them maybe even more stepping in with their front foot and bringing their thoughts into that feel and following you. Following you. And you do that on both sides until you can zip your arm and the horse just feels a lot softer in your hand without brace. No, no evasive movements where the horse is moving away. And then I think um, once you've done that, um, both sides, that's sort of exposed your horse to a bit more zip uh, on the ground and the sound's quite a lot more familiar. So then you ride, uh, something I do, and I don't know, you know, I, I ride a little cross-handed. If, if I've ridden a horse enough times to know that it's not going to go fully crazy and stuff like that, um, then basically what I do is I say it's exactly the same lesson as getting a horse used to your inside leg, um, as in getting used to both legs, but using one leg as an inside leg. So 
you pick up your inside rein, so you pick up a left rein, which will be inside rein, or a right rein will be an inside rein, so because you're making an inside bend, you're making a left bend or a right bend, but that'll be the arm that you zip your jacket. So what you said is I can't zip the same arm and the same rein. Well, you can if you swap hands. So you, you basically, you're releasing your outside rein a little, or we, we, you're not going to have any outside rein. You're going to use your right hand to steer the horse left. So you can actually use your right hand to bend the horse to the left while you're riding. And then you bend your horse to the left and add a little zip. Not Just start slowly, just a little zip and the horse will ten, tense up a little and you just keep a little feel in that left, left rein that you're using with your right hand. And you're steering your horse to the left. And when your horse just softens a little and follows the feel of the rein a little better, um, then you'll soften the zip in your arm and just when you feel a bit of softness in your horse and a bit more of it, it, it confidently following that rein, then you just take that, you know, soften, soften that zippy arm that you're making the noise with and you just continue that both sides. So when you turn right, you'll be using your right hand on the rein, bending, zip your right arm a little so that, so that so the noise and the scary things on the same side that the horse is bending. And once they're bending into that same side that they're scared and they soften a little, Follow the feel of the inside rein, because if they shoot out, you'd rather them shooting out with a bend that way than sort of running off away with a right with, with an outside bend. So that's why we're doing it. So you're doing one side at a time, and then you slowly just flip to the other side, do that side, and then eventually when the horse is going, I can deal with this, then you might just ride a straight line and just zip one arm, then zip the other, until um, you've exposed the horse enough in gradual pieces. Till you can zip both arms and you know walk trot, zip, zip the jacket. So you're weaning them into a straight line, off the bends first. So you so you basically because of the it's 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 the sound that they're listening to, but it's also having them on two eyes at once. Sometimes I just get them used to one eye and then the other eye, and then and then I introduce them coping with it on both eyes. So so yeah, if that if that helps, just you just swap your right your steering hand over, and that that'll help a lot. Okay, the next question is from Beck, and I love this question. It's a very uh, thought-provoking one, Mark. She um, was at the a recent clinic with you up in Queensland, and she took her horse, a, a chestnut gelding called Ginge, um, and Ginge, um, she went on a ride, uh, on a road, very quickly turned into, unfortunately, an impromptu roadside rodeo, where Ginge showed her just how hard he could actually buck. So he'd only ever crow hop before. The situation was that he shied at a car, and she didn't want to let him bolt back home to his mates, so it turned into this quite explosive buck. She came off, I hope you're okay, Beck. Um, she walked home, caught him, got straight back on him, and got him to follow the rain. She could see that there, then that there were huge gaps in the training, and she felt that she had failed him by allowing him to build up stress without offering an outlet to release. So her question is, though, what do we do when we stuff up and let our horses down, is it the same thought process for all situations, i.e. is it back to basics or does it change depending on the reaction of the horse? Um, she, she's wondering, am I overthinking this? No, you're not, Beck. This is wonderful questions. Um, it's, 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 not, it's, it's, it's unhealthy to overthink, but it's very healthy to overthink if you can understand that. It's through sometimes overthinking a situation, you look into deeper to a situation and find out the answer that you need. It's, it's um, sometimes people who don't think about things, you know, will, will end up in trouble a lot because they haven't tried to think. But 
but you can overthink. Um, <laughs> the right amount of thinking is just right. It's always hard. It's a bit like Goldilocks was, you know, the choice of porridge. There's just the right right warmth that she likes. Um, but yeah, so so with the what's happened, there are horses, and you'll know you'll know from from how he feels in the next so many lessons if he's one of those. I've had horses that were carrying worry and and an accident sort of happened whilst they were carrying worry and it was an accident that the horse might have spooked someone coming off it or something like that and and um, and then after that the horse was like once bitten twice shy so it was almost like they said I told you I was frightened and I told you things weren't safe out here and and you didn't listen to me and then they can be a little suspicious the second time round or some horses um, you know it's almost like I heard some people say, or a few different people say, that horses are very forgiving, and it's like, well, yes, yeah, a lot of horses are very forgiving, but some, some do hold on because, because it's basically like they had a spook when they thought they were going to have a spook, and it meant a lot to them. So next time they're going to be a lot more nervous about certain situations out. So yes, yes, you do run that risk. You're not overthinking it by thinking that. Um, that is a risk you can can take, um, but it's it's. You'll know when you ride your horse, and I think that uh, you know you'll, you'll be able to help your horse through by going back to the basics. But you know the basics are, um, you know, the basics is an interesting one because you can do the basics all day long, but you, you know you have to be the one that recognises how your horse is feeling about so it's about the about things. So so when I'm trying to sort of get people to understand. Um, how to get a horse ready to go out in a new environment I'm trying to say to them okay there's the uncontrollable anxieties that's, that, that we have so uncontrollable anxiety is um, the things that happen that we have no control over out there on a ride like the cars, the, the trucks, the kangaroos, the, 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 you know in America the mountain lions or whatever you guys have got and, you know everything in Europe you know whatever everyone's got different animals out there but we've all got a common thing when a horse goes out and it's carrying more worry um, the way I explain it so people can sympathize with their horse I suppose and put themselves in a real-life situation um, so imagine getting dropped off in a war-torn war -torn country you know after living in a nice comfortable bubble and then you're dropped off there and you're, and you're basically walking through and there's all these things happening around you and, and it's going to freak you out um, but without any tools or any training or anything, you're going to be really frightened and you just want to, going to want to run back to the place that you started. So basically, if you were dropped off in a war-torn country, but you'd, you'd worked for 12 or 12 months or two years training to be able to understand everything that's going on around you, how, how, to, how, to, how to find safe places, how to shoot, all those things, then you're going to go out there and you're still going to be nervous, but you're going to have the tools to get through the situation. Um, so horses that go out a little nervous then all those things that we can't control become like shellfire and cannons and all that sort of stuff like the kangaroo bounces the horse is like wow that's that's really scary I, I've just got I just want to run back to my safe place so education is you um, teaching the horse all the controlled anxiety so controlled anxiety is is my horse anxious when I pick up the rein okay so what I mean is it's the things we can control. So the things we can control is education. It's our it's it's ourself, it's how we breathe, it's how we walk, it's how we stand, it's how we 
it's how we pick up a rein, it's, how, it's, it's so basically everything we provide our horse with as information is, is the things we can control. So they basically become helpers to the horse, not anxieties. So in your riding, when you go back to the basics, when you're in the arena, what tools are you using? Okay, so if your horse is at a stage that you're riding with a left rein, a right rein, two reins, and legs to go forward, for instance. So you have to go over those tools and say, when I steer right, my horse gets worried and it tries to straighten out. Um, and it's quite a little anxious when I steer with the, um, the right rein. It's, it's comfortable when I steer with the left rein and it seems to follow the left rein nice, but I, I really feel it's anxious on, on the other rein. So uh, when I put my legs on, it's okay when I squeeze a little from a standstill, but then when I'm trotting my horse and I squeeze my legs, the horse gets anxious. Okay, so they're the things that you can control, but your horse is telling you it's anxious with the things that you can control. So if your horse is anxious with the things that you can control, then you're tipping worry in the cup in a controlled environment, like an arena where the horse is calm. So say for instance your horse is calm in the arena, but you add anxiety to it, anxiety to it by pulling the rein and using your legs, then you've got to go back to those basics and say, okay, I'm going to. I, I, you're at a stage that you can that I want you to be able to steer left, steer right, speed up with my legs, and back up softly, and be comfortable with those things. So when I'm out, I can say, well, can you steer to the right so we don't have to worry about that kangaroo over there, or I'll take you back over here, or things like that. So when you go back into your natural environment, uh, your 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 controlled environment, which is the arena, the con the, or the the area where your horse feels safe. That's like the safe training area that your horse is going, I'm okay with all this, I'm, I'm not scared of the fence, I'm not scared of this. You say, well, okay, I don't want you to be scared of the common things that I'm going to use to help guide your thoughts and your, and your movements. So you, you work on those things until your horse is really comfortable with those things. So, And the biggest thing I want to say to everybody is when you're watching and riding your horse is when you're riding your horse and it zones out or it gets a strong focus thought somewhere, when you pick up a guiding tool, are you able to get that horse to let go of that thought or not? And if you can't get the horse to let go of a, horse, a, a, a reasonably strong thought in an instant in, in, in the uh, non-threatening environment with one of your guiding tools, then, then you're not going to have the ability to get the horse to let go of that thought out in the war-torn environment where it's going to be really nervous. Okay, so. So you have to say, when I'm riding forward up, up here and I pick up on two reins, is my horse hanging on to a forward thought and not letting go of it? And I back up and it's still fighting and wriggling. When I turn left, is it letting go of that straight thought or right thought to go, I'm going to turn left and I'm thinking left and I'm, and I'm happy? Because the, the horse has got to feel better on the other side of the turn or the other side of the backup, not feel the same after you've done a turn or a backup. So that's what you're trying to do. That's your own assessment of your horse. I'm not going to tell you a thousand things to do in the arena or like some method. It's you have to work out if your horse, one, can let go of a, a thought and take on a new thought very within an instant easily and is it not anxious with the things that you can control. So once you've done that, then you grade the exposure of the new environment. So basically you go out um, and you will probably only take your horse out a certain way and you'll feel the, the horse left the arena with not a lot of worry in the cup at all and then you went outside and then sort of the worry rose and you feel that in your horse 
and then with the rain you might say let go of that worry that worry could be a gaze across at a tree or something on the ground that it hasn't seen or anything like that you feel that worry you say let go of that maybe turn away from that worry to say i'll take you to safety but you gradually grade the exposure of your horse by taking it out and then saying i'm going to ride you back to your safe place so you take it out to 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 your feel uh, a big enough threshold to be worthy of saying that's enough I'm going to take you back so basically if you feel that the horse going on not coping so well with this then you say I'm going to take you back into an area where you feel safe but I'm going to teach you how to let go of those worry thoughts by leading you back over here with the rain or something like that back to a safe area and then ride back out again uh, so basically your horse if it's not letting go of home and it's not willing to search out there you know when you've get further away then it's, it's going to sort of run for home and panic so basically you have to be yeah you, you, you test your horse to see if it's going to be willing at going out in the new environment and soaking up the new environment by loosening the rein and seeing if it can walk off away from home without using your legs so so basically you'd use tacking so the horse would roll back and you'd say oh maybe that's not available and the horse will roll back this way and you say that's not available and then all of a sudden they'll look out off into the over over the direction that you'd like to go but the horse is not so sure about and it might think that way and walk that way a little bit and you go that's available and then for doing that you reward the horse and say now i can take you back to a safe area okay so every time the horse thinks out in a new direction and takes you not you walking a straight line kicking it forward saying i want you to go up the road this way it takes you on a loose rein without you pushing it you might only take it so far until it goes, oh, and then you might say, now we'll stop here, look, and it goes, oh, this is a bit scary, I better... So basically, if it needs more processing time, you stop and let it process, and then once it's processed and gone, oh, yeah, I'm okay with this, then you might say, now can we go back to a safe area again? So you're grading that exposure into the new environment all the time until the horse actually starts to go only back 10 metres. Instead of going back 200 metres to back to where the yards are, it might only go back 10 metres and go, so I'm, I'm safe back here because I've checked all this out, I know it's all good. And then you go out again. And basically, when the horse is too anxious, you say, well, how about I take you somewhere safe? And then when the horse is safe again, you say, how about you take me somewhere into that scary area? Okay, so they're taking you, not you taking them into the scary area and then wanting to ping away back home. And then they'll trust you a lot more because you come up with the good ideas that help them, but also you're building their confidence by getting them to think into that environment that they're scared of. But as I say, if your tools are causing anxiety in your horse, then you're saying you're almost making the horse feel trapped between that anxiety and this anxiety, and it doubles. So if your rein is causing one shot of worry in the cup and that kangaroo is causing two shots, well, that's three shots. Whereas basically the reins are designed to tip out the worry, not put in the worry. So... If you see a kangaroo and the horse goes, well, that's, that's about this much percentage of worry, then the reins are designed to say, let go of that thought, I'll tip that worry out. So that's why you have to address your horse, address your horse's feeling, uh, how it feels about the reins and all the tools that you're going to use. So if they're putting worry in the cup, you're just adding more worry when you use the reins and legs and all those sorts of things outside. So if you address it like that, um, then you'll be able to take the tension and the tightness out of your horse, that stuff that makes it buck and things like that. So the other thing quickly, because he, he did buck and he did things like that, is the other tool that I would have in, in there, so instead of just a steering rein, a right and left rein, and a back up and legs to go forward, I would add an indirect rein in there 
uh, and make sure that he can bend softly, think into a turn, and he can move his hind feet across. Okay, so softly move his hind feet. I'm not talking about moving him across with your leg or inside, inside leg or anything like that. He softly thinks into a bend, and you pick up a more bend on him up in towards your torso, uh, your sternum, your sternum, um, and then basically he'll just step across and you'll feel the tension go out of his hind feet and he'll just move across softly. Practice that till it's really, really good as well, because then if you feel him sort of tighten up, you just step him across with the hind feet, take the brace out of his mind and body, redirect him in a new direction and say, let's, let's go back to a safe spot over here and lead him to safety and just keep working on that, that principle. Um, but yeah, good luck with it. It's always a bit of a challenge, especially when it gets a bit scary, but I'm sure if you grade that exposure, work in a safe environment till you trust your tools, you'll, you'll be back going forward with him. That's a lot of information then, Becca. I hope it helps. We're going to leave it there. So thank you very much to everyone for listening to our podcast throughout the year. Really appreciated um, the growing the growing audience that we've we've now got. It's great to have you all. It means a lot to us. Yeah. And we wish you all the very best for Christmas. And uh, we'll see you in the new year. Thanks, Mark. Merry Christmas, everybody. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.